0: And Sarah, uh, if you'd like to kick us off with the first question, you can go for it. Hey, hey there. Thank you so much for joining us. We are Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland.
1: And we have a music question for you guys, because Kevin Kiner is just amazing. And in season one, he had this great innocent theme for Omega. But now that Omega is growing up in season two, what was the direction you gave Kevin Kiner for her theme? And maybe can you talk about any other themes we can look forward to in season two?
2: Ooh, we could spend this whole time talking about Kevin Kiner (laughs) and all of Team Kiner. Dean and Sean as well, his son. They're so great. Um, Yeah, Omega's theme is so beautiful. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear it in different versions throughout season two, uh, depending on on the situation. Um, I'll just say, because I don't want to take up all the time, uh, watch out for episode three coming out pretty quick in season two the music is incredible and you know speaking of the direction to the kinders it's really collaboration when we do music spotting i tell them these are the moods we're going
0: for and they always have thoughts they're so good they're the best thank you all right and brian you can take the next question um i asked a version of this i think last time we talked for season one and i'm wondering (laughs) um how it's changed uh As you look to season two, there's there's always a lot of like movie reference that that gets that happens and gets thrown around. And I'm wondering what sort of movie references as far as structure or inspiration we could be looking forward to as we head into season two from the writing room.
1: I mean, we're constantly talking about uh, inspiration from, you know, Indiana Jones to (laughs) um, Goonies. Uh, again I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil where we're going but there's uh there's also like a um monster type uh movie vibe uh it, it's sort of when you get all of us in a room together we're all such different individuals and we draw inspiration from various films and and television that it's a great you know um exploration into what creative content we all enjoy, and how we can put that into each of our episodes, and 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 really make them pop in a in a Star Wars vibe.
0: And Caitlin, you can take the next question.
1: It'll actually be me, Charlotte. But hi, uh, I'm Charlotte from Sky Talkers. Um, in season one, some of the themes of the season we loved were personal choice and perseverance. Um, what themes were you interested in exploring in season two? Well, I, I'd say the the word that I use for season two is uh, is crossroads, and that is what several um, several of our characters um, come to in in season two, and we explore sort of the changing dynamic between um, between the the batch and the empire, but also the internal dynamic uh, within the Bad Batch and how that evolves. As you know, more pressure is put on them, and as you know, the empire is continuing to rise to power.
0: And James, you can take the next question.
2: Hi, Brad and Jennifer. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, where where have the bad batch grown? How how do you see all of the characters have grown between season one and how we see them in season two? They've definitely grown, and they've become different. They've been through a lot. Visually, we wanted to show that some time has passed. Um, Omega's a little older. Her hair's a little longer. Uh, the Batch themselves, armor is all dented up and beat up. The the, uh, the padding under their armor has had to be replaced probably several times as they've been through countless things. We wanted to show them more threadbare, not living the greatest life, living gig to gig. It was part of what Jen was saying about this this crossroads. Like, what are they going to? do next is something that we get into and of course somewhere they scrounged up enough money to buy omega a new outfit so she wouldn't be wearing pajamas for her whole life and she has a little little hat with some uh some some metal armor on it we we just wanted to show that the this team has become even more of a family even more close to it is a big deal
0: mm-hmm. thank and you trisha you can take the next question Obviously, some of the clones still have their chips, and they're functionally younger than Omega when Order Sixty Six happened. Does having more information and wisdom change how the chips are going to affect the clones?
1: I think with what what we're exploring with the, with the chips is that you know it's once the clones have committed Order Sixty Six, it's you know at least with the batch, obviously their chips were a little. um degraded uh, because they're considered um, genetically, you know, mute, mutations of, of clones. Um, so it didn't fully work. And, you know, Crosser obviously had his um, removed later on, but not all clones are are the same and how how others are uh, reacting to not just the chip, but, but what they've done and, and who's, who's more aware of of the actions they've committed. And also like as time progresses, what that means for them uh, as they're looking at their involvement within the empire.
0: And uh, Father, Son, Galaxy, Keith or Kerwin, you can ask the next question. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hi. You asking the question oh, now? Thank you go ahead, Okay. So in season one, Hunter was the father figure for Omega, and he made sure to keep her safe from harm. But now we see in season two that Omega is a little older and more wiser. So can you tell us a little bit about Hunter and Omega's relationship in season two? Does Hunter feel Omega's capable of taking care of herself now, or is he still like her father figure?
2: Yeah, we we explore all of that. It's a really great question. Um, Hunter as a father and myself as a father as well. And your dad probably feels the same way. Sometimes you make great decisions. Sometimes you don't, we have to deal with all of that with this family unit and seeing, you know, we definitely have moments where Hunter realizes Omega needs to make her own decision. And she actually will tell him that we've tried to explore all of the facets of this family. And then also as a unit, you could see Omega right away in the first episode that she's 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 grown. She's more capable. She's doing all these amazing things. She still has a lot to learn. And we show her learning many things through
0: the season. And Becca, you can ask the next one.
1: Sorry, was very unprepared. I thought Mark was going to go in my stead. Yeah, but
2: I, I actually am ready to go. Uh, go I ahead, wait. Mark. OK, yeah. So this is like a combined question from both Becca and I for Jennifer. Um, so how did your tenure on NCIS as a writer and co-executive producer translate into executive producing on the bad batch, um, as a woman writing, uh, how exciting and important is this for you to be in charge or leading the charge of something in star Wars that's usually been male dominated. Uh, and this show you might argue is female led with Omega or Omega, as she might say. Um, even if it's mostly, uh, you know the the four guys watching her, her four dads. Um, so, uh, how do you go about fashioning her to fit as an adolescent girl in the middle of a war with middle aged men? So, there's a lot to unpack there. Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's a that's a big question. Um, well, I I think my, my time at NCIS was uh, was aided by the fact that I was in the military. So, I think that's that's what helped me sort of understand these stories and. And focus on, um, you know, the, the characters and, and what the predicament that they're in. You know, what I loved about the Bad Batch and and when I got the opportunity to develop the Bad Batch with um, Dave Filoni was that I, I responded to the military squad, and and the idea of having them be a guardian to this young girl. You know, a lot of that dynamic stemmed from not only my time in the military, but also I have three older brothers and growing up they were like my idols and i just you know wanted to play hockey with them and like always wanted to kind of tag along um and uh and and you know whether they wanted to or not i just sort of inserted myself <laughs> into into their lives um but you know being a um a female head writer uh you know for star wars is you know a, I'm honored to 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 do this and and it, but I'll say it's very much a collaborative effort and I can't I couldn't have done it without Brad. We are very much like a, a tag team when it comes to um, the series and we are guided every step of the way with with Dave Filoni, um, you know who's been such a great mentor to us. But we take it very seriously writing these stories and making these stories and you know it's just it's an honor to be part of the Star Wars universe universe and just tell um tell stories we're passionate about. And um yeah, I, I hope with Omega it's just exploring a dark time in the galaxy, but seen through the lens of a child who is learning all about what it means to be a person and and um to sort of choose to help people even when you know it's it's there's a lot of risk involved because that's what you do when someone's in need, which you know hopefully that is a lesson to take away uh, for for our our world today.
0: Thank you very much. All right, and next up, I'll be asking you guys a question on behalf of an outlet called FanthaTracks. So, with the explosion and popularity of live action Star Wars and with the animated space having such an important role in the wider story, how do you guys make sure that what you do is seen by the wider audience and remains an essential element of the whole Star Wars story?
2: You know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in there. I'd say, um, you know, we love all the live action series. We're big fans of of everything they're doing for our, you know, in our, in our arena, we just try to tell the best stories we can. We don't, we don't worry about trying to say like, how are we going to wow someone? How are we going to make such a big headline that we draw all of the the audience to us? We're just trying to be true to these characters and tell, tell their stories. Like Jen, you were just saying Omega as she grows up and what decisions are she going to make? We talk more about that really. Um, And if we're doing our jobs, right, I think that's the the way to do it. And if it turns out good, then hopefully the fans will, will come and check it out, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. All right. And then back to you, Sarah and Richard, you can ask the next question. Thank you very much, and I want to thank you for hiring my favorite comedian of all time, Wanda Sykes. I am so excited about this. So, can you tell us about working with Miss Sykes and a little about her character?
2: Yeah, Wanda is so cool. She's so funny. She's always she's so so good. Um, and you know, we always, even regardless of how her character is written on the page when we're with her in the booth, she'll have ideas, you know, for tweaks of lines or how to, how to bring a certain, um, you know, swagger to the role, which is really, that's really the fun thing to see how she reacts off of our main characters. It's a, it's a joy and a pleasure to work with her.
1: And she plays uh, uh, Fee Genoa, who's a uh, um, sort of a, sort of a, we call her the liberator of ancient wonders, which, you know, is, is is her definition for, um, you know, smuggler pirate. Slash pirate um but she's you know she's a friend friend of sid's and uh and yeah wanda's just one is such a so delight to to work with and uh yeah we're excited about um the fans seeing this character
0: thank you and thank you once again for bringing her on the team <laughs> and brian you can take the next question uh, i want to ask uh you mentioned a little bit that that dave filoni kind of you know has his influence on everything that that you're doing. And I'm wondering, like, what is that that day-to-day sort of influence and what sort of um, guidance has he given you for season two that you could share with us?
1: I mean, usually... uh... Dave hears the stories that that were that are percolating in our brains as as we're getting ready to go into story conferences we'll talk to him about you know the next group of episodes but also you know we had discussions on season 2 and where we'd like to go and and certain 10 poll episodes that, that were, of, you know, key interest to us. And, you know, he provides guidance and, and input throughout the whole process in terms of like, you know, before these episodes even get broken to um, the draft phase to even later on um, when it's, when it's animated. So, you know, he's there to, you know, make sure that if uh, making sure it's the best version and asking us the important questions and making sure that we're, you know, hitting everything and, and bringing everything to the level that it should be. Yeah,
2: he gives us he gives us notes at various phases of our uh, previous process and our full animation process. And sometimes they hurt, sometimes those hurt, but they're always he's so smart. He's so good. And, and his his influence is literally across the whole show.
1: Especially when we have characters from, you know, that 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 are introduced that, you know, may have been from different different shows, movies. You know, we, we want to make sure that that we're all, okay. we're all on the same page about about what's happening there.
0: Thank and you. up next we have Sky Talkers. So Charlotte or Caitlin, mm-hmm. you can ask the next question. Hi, I'm Caitlin, the other half of Sky Talkers. It's so nice to talk to you both today. Um, my question is visually this season looks very different from season one already. How does the look and feel for season two? How has it evolved?
2: Yeah, I mean essentially it's the same style, but we're always looking at technology and and other old older fashioned um Hollywood techniques to push the style. How can we take this this existing style and push the nuance and the fidelity? For example, um in the trailer in the first episode we're on this uh this island planet and the the way that the water reflects the light, the way that that then influences the characters where they might be running from giant crabs. It's in the trailer, check it out. So fun. Um is a thing we looked at we've we've been in implementing a lot more map paintings this this season as well so not just the you know the CGI technology but the old-fashioned ILM influence and in we it really helps us make a huge jump in the scope and scale of the series so yeah we we talk
0: about that all the time constantly pushing and James, you can take the next question Brilliant, thank you very much how how have the stories um evolved in season 2 because obviously we're getting a
2: two-parter at the start a two-parter in the middle and a two-parter at the end so is that is that to take us on a particular journey why was that decision made
1: yeah uh, yeah i mean it's very, we're very uh, it's very intentional as to why um we're grouping these episodes together and you know it was important to us in season 2 to continue to tell fantastical adventure stories, but also thread in the element of the growing threat of, of the empire, but also other groups that have sort of, I guess, taken hints from the empire and, and are also doing um, oppressive things and, and having the batch interact with various, you know, parties throughout the galaxy. But we wanted, you know, those are sort of the two parters are very, very, I guess tent Polish type episodes of, of, of where we're leading. So yes, it was very intentional.
0: And Tricia, you can take the next question. Can you talk about bringing Gunji into the season? Ooh,
2: yeah. Very, very fun. Um, And he's quite a character seeing, seeing Gunji with Omega in particular brings lots of joy to my life. Hopefully to all of you as well. When you see it, we love Gunji.
1: Yeah, we uh, I, I'm I'm trying to remember specifically how, how the evolution of, of that happened. But I think, you know, I think the way we pitched it was that we wanted uh, in, in w- through season two, it's other people that they've come into contact with, with, right, that need that need assistance and need help. And the idea of a Jedi youngling having survived and but having no support system and the opportunity to pair him with Omega, like Brad was saying, was just she rarely gets to hang out with kids, which is why we loved the Hera episodes um last year. And but you know, Gunji's a very different individual. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was a, a Dave Filoni suggestion yeah. of of, of who, who that who that youngling or that Padawan could be. And we were just we were thrilled to to bring him back because we're all massive fans.
0: <laughs> and for the final question, Kerwin or Keith, bring us home, fellas. <laughs>
2: Thank you. So it seems that the batch is still working for Sid, and they're taking on missions, missions just to earn a living. But Echo has been saying for a very long time that they should be doing more. You know, they
0: need to get involved in the fight.
2: Yes. So I'm wondering if the uh, these two uh, thoughts that they're having on the same team will this cause a conflict with the team?
0: A great divide.
2: Yeah. We we specifically get into that in in a in a few episodes and see how that difference of opinion grows and what that leads to and and how that affects the team and the family. It's a really, it's a really interesting thing. It's a, it's a great question. It's something we were talking about. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that Echo had a little bit more time in the spotlight this season for sure. Cause we love Echo so much and, and where, he, wh- what he does this season is pretty great.
1: And the the conflict, you know, between them and the different the difference of opinions and what they should be doing does affect sort of you know how they view um, their working relationship with Sid and is this really the best choice for them? At, you know, as other things are are really taking place, so it, you know everything sort of everything's everything's very connected for, for that in season two.
0: Thank you so much.